RadioInfluence.com Why crush ya? It's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. Performance. Jeff Grishel here. The con man is not here. Clacker, Brendan is in, sitting in. Thanks for coming in, my man. Yeah, you know what? I have no problem joining in. Uh, I actually was thinking of you watching the MLB playoffs so far, so I was like, oh, perfect. I can join the show and I can actually have some input here. I've uh, really been, uh, I've been entranced by the pitching. That's been like the the thing that's really got me excited. Just watching the uh, the Nationals pitchers have been just unreal. Scherzer and Strasburg and 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 Corbin and and Sanchez in the in game one. Uh, so I was watching that and I was thinking of you. Oh, I love it, man. Well, I'll tell you what, sure, uh, Strasburg is a story onto his own, especially when you look at the long-term development and what's happened. Uh, last night, JV looked human. And, of course, the Yankees take that game. So lots to talk about. We'll get to that for sure. Hey, if you want to get to us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is our email. If you have a question, comment, smart remark, that's the best place to get us. Or... If you have a topic or something you'd like us to look into, uh, get to us there. Info at crushperformance.com. We answer every single message that we get, and we dedicated, or we may even dedicate, a segment or an entire episode to your idea. And we've got a couple of those coming up this fall, thanks to our listeners who have written in. So uh, get to us there on Twitter. Follow me, at Jeff Crush. And on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all the other social media platforms, you can just search out Crush Performance, and we will hook you up to the world of performance because that's what it's all about. And today, I tell you what, we're going to dive into it. We've got a really, really big, busy show here. Uh, we're going to uh, go to the world of hockey and look at what it takes to become an elite goaltender. There's lots of aspects to developing those very special players that stand between the pipes in the game of hockey. And we're going to talk about the mental side of that and how that tapers into and I guess maybe even influences the physical development of those young players. We'll be joined by John Stevens registered psychologist from Zone Performance. Spent a lot of time with Brendan Hopi and Carter Hart, who just made his return to his hometown, I guess you could say, of Edmonton with the Philadelphia Flyers. The Oilers, Brendan, are our number one team, the Crush Performance number one team in the NHL to watch this year for a number of reasons. Uh, the change in the staff, the player moves, but just to see if this organization, with all the resources they have, can turn it around. So we'll talk about that later in the show. And then uh, we're going to get to one of our good friends, Mike Frostad, who is the assistant athletic trainer for the Atlanta Braves. Um, He's got a great event coming up. We're going to talk about that. If you are involved in any way, shape, or form in the game of baseball, you'll want to listen to this interview coming up. Uh, Frosty will join us later in the show. We're going to talk about injury prevention, player development, and the things that we should be doing to give young players a chance to chase down their dream in the game of baseball because we're missing the mark a little bit. And we'll talk about uh, the great event that's coming up uh, here in Calgary. And again, if you are involved in baseball, you'll want to hear all about this because I think you'll want to be there. The speaker lineup is fantastic. But more importantly, I think the topics they are addressing critically important. Uh, Brandon, listen to me, my friend. I am going nuts. I- I've said this. I've said this three times legitimately. We can go back and do an air check. I've said it three Three times already in 2019 that this is my favorite time of the year for sport. 
Uh, but I think this is it. I'm going to nail it down and officially say the fall. And right about now, mid-late October is my favorite time in sport as the NBA just gets set to kick off. So much going on. It's really awesome in terms of <clears throat> like the the whole everything's going on. NBA, MLB, NHL, and, and NFL are all kind of together. Now, personally, for, for me, I like March the best. Oh. Because March for me is the, the NHL and the NBA playoffs are just about to ramp up. March Madness going into April. I, I love March Madness. The NCAA tournament is one of my favorites to watch. Uh, but but this is really nice because you can basically watch any sport you want and there's no gap. Like if there's one sport that's missing, like oh, there's only two NHL games today or whatever. Oh, there's probably MLB playoffs. Yeah, exactly. There's and, Or on Sundays, there's NFL. So there really is. You can't lose, man. You can't lose. I'm just going nuts. It's fantastic. And I'm with you. And I think I said those exact words in March, by the way. So I, I'm tossing up. I'm here and there. But I truly do love the fall for a number of reasons. And Thanksgiving's a big part of it as well. Man, just the food and the family and the friends, and of course, all the sports around MLB playoffs. Um, you know, in, in my pool, my playoff pool, I've been decimated, and that's just the, the wide world of sports. The Dodgers I had going all the way with that big payroll and with their mission to win another World Series, uh, they fell short by a long shot. You mentioned the Nationals. How happy is low tide right now? Oh, if there was a guy who could walk on water, it's probably low tide being the closest to anyone right now because his nationals are making a serious charge. Dave Martinez, who is the manager, was a player when I was with the Blue Jays, one of the greatest guys in all of baseball. And to see him come full circle, you know, sort of training under Madden and learning that that Madden technique of managing and then taking it to the nationals. Isn't it funny, though? And we'll talk about this later in the fall when we wrap up our our baseball season. But uh, Harper steps away. They lose one of the best players in the game game and all of a sudden here they are in the World Series. Incredible. I think it kind of speaks to the the importance of pitching and how to manage your pitching. I think Martinez has done a really good job with the Nationals in terms of you see how they've managed Doolittle after his injury. You see how Corbin sometimes steps in on relief. They they seem to have a really good rhythm. Whereas I watched say the Astros Yankees series and the Yankees have had trouble finding that rhythm in terms of how to get their pitchers in sync. Like there was that moment and that was, it was game two. The Yankees could have really taken a chokehold in that yep. series. They take out green a little bit too early. They run out of guys. They have hap at the end. there, kind of like dying on the, on the, on the vine. Like that to me is a key in this time is making sure your pitchers are, are perfectly managed. Martinez has done a really good job. Yeah. Moo, Iwanek and all of those Yankee fans out there. I, you know what? They just never give up, and they shouldn't give up because you can't count the Yankees out yet. This next game is going to be all about the bullpens now. I mean, they're, and I think the Yankees have the edge there, so it's going to be interesting. Can Houston wrap this up right away while they're back home? It's going to be fun to watch. The NHL, of course, is rolling on. I love it. The Oilers, again, are our number one crush performance team to watch this year. Uh, the coaching, GM change, the players they've got, but more importantly, I think maybe the way they're going to operate internally. Can they chase down a competitive season while they are? off to a booming start. So fun to watch, and I think there's going to be things to learn there behind the scenes. We'll be following them all year. In the NFL, the Browns, the Raiders, and the Patriots are our top crush teams to watch this year. The Browns, for obvious reasons, can they actually win a few games? They've won a few already, but We'll see where they wind up. The Raiders were watching, of course, with the big contract to Gruden. They're going to a new stadium, the big move. We're going to be watching them for the next couple of years. And the Patriots, well, just because they're the Patriots. What? They might as well. Why don't we just give them a bye right to the Super Bowl right now? Because I think they're unstoppable. 
Well, the thing with the Patriots, too, is they've had a little bit of luck with the rest of the AFC. You sure. look at the rest of the AFC, you go, how is Tom Brady, who's like 42 years old, surviving? Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, injured. Andrew Luck, retired. It's like the AFC, this quarterback's dropping like flies. All the guys that would be the contenders to face Brady are kind of just petering out. And somehow the Patriots survived. So the team to watch would be the 49ers yeah. on the, in the NFC because Jimmy Garoppolo, ex-Patriots, somehow leading them to be undefeated right now. Could Garoppolo and Brady end up seeing each other oh. in the Super Bowl? Testament to Brady and his wherewithal and longevity? It's a testament to Brady and Bill Belichick sure. and the whole Patriots staff. They're, they're really good at, at managing him, but also just managing the game so that when Brady looks tired, they really run it hard. Like They are the most adaptable team in the league. They continue to be the most adaptable team in the league, and you can see it every game. The, they played the Bills earlier this year, and in that game, uh, Brady actually was really bad. Like He couldn't find a rhythm. Yeah. And the Patriots' defense came out strong. This is their best defense, I think, it's in such a 10 team. years. They're such a team. They are a team, an organization, man. And it comes from leadership, no question. That's why they're perennially a crush performance team to watch because there's a lot to learn there, you know, even beyond sport for sure. And then, of course, you know, right now the NBA is getting set. The Raptors... And the Pelicans were set to be opening day. And of course, the big, the whole big buzz there was, you know, the, the NBA champions facing off against Zion Williamson, who I really wanted to see in his first game, injured on Friday. No, no. He sprained his knee. He's going to miss the first couple of games, unfortunately. And that's really too bad. Um, this is going to be a young player that I do believe is not going to just, well, I mean, they're calling him the savior of that organization and franchise, and that may very well be. But he is going to be fun to watch coming out of college, being dominate, dominate, uh, dominating force in the college ranks. But to watch him come into the NBA and then mature and become a face of the game, because he's going to be one of those players, I believe. Yeah, and just to like kind of tie it into you know your show and the, and the, the whole crush performance mindset. The interesting part with Zion is how they deal with this injury going yep. forward in the NBA. I would I would suggest that it's it's probably the league where early in their career you really have to manage injuries or else they can go downhill really quick. I look at Greg Oden and his foot. It was a tragedy to watch a guy with that much talent just get injured over and over and he couldn't he couldn't make a career and it was early and done. Like that's the NBA, you need to keep your mobility, you need to be able to keep uh, the ability to like look at Zion, a super athletic guy. He has to be able to charge the basket and not be worried about his knee. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that going forward. It's very exciting, uh, though, that he's about to start because he's such he's probably the best athlete since LeBron James yeah, in the NBA. Agreed. No question. Durability was one of the issues, I think, surrounding around him. And the fact that he's so powerful, fast, and he can move like a cat, uh, I, that durability is going to have to be addressed. Maybe now is the time. I'm with you. They need to take this slow, and they need to prepare him for what's to come. The good news is, you know, talking about the Raptors and how they managed their players last year, this whole load management, which is ultimately just the new word for periodization and, and you know, planning. But um, it's a real, real big part of the game right now. We're going to see in hockey a lot this year. That's a conversation coming up. And then, of course, we have soccer, rugby, tennis, golf, college sports. But there is one thing that happened so far this fall that I think is just incredible. And I'm glad I'm on this earth to see it because I honestly wasn't sure if if I would ever see it. And that is a sub two-hour marathon. And I hope I'm going to pronounce this properly. You can correct me, uh, Brandon, if you if you know Elude uh, uh, Kipchoge. 
Kipchoge ran 42.2 kilometers or 26.2 miles in one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. A sub two hour marathon, a sub two hour, 26.2 miles. It is an incredible human feat that I'm just actually glad that that I was here to see because uh, after the last record in the marathon was set, um, we were talking about the sub two hour marathon and Nike's big push to orchestrate that. They didn't do it. This is the same group um, by Ineos was the company sponsoring this. It's not an official record because they did some fancy things. He had pace runners in front of him, you know, like Canada geese in the air. They had him, they had the runners lined up five runners in front of him, a couple behind him to draft him and carry him through. They rotated in and out over the course of the race, but they did it. And there's a bunch of stories coming out of this that we're going to get to this fall. Uh, and technology was a big part of this. The Nike shoe has spurred on, um, conversations about, uh, the technology and the impact on running now. Of course, we've seen it in swimming. The the Speedo Razor is all but banned in swimming now. There's only certain amount of your body that can be covered by the shark skin suit. But the new Vaporfly shoes by Nike are turning out to be a technological wonder, returning performance to the runners. I'll be honest, I'm just tired hearing sub 200. <laughs> I think... Wow, like I could never do that. I could probably, I wouldn't be able to do that in a car. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and and you're pretty pretty darn close. You're pretty darn close. You know, if we go back to like to the four minute mile back in 1954, right when Roger Bannister broke through that four minute mark, it opened the floodgates. It was almost like a psychological release. We'll ask John Stevenson about this coming up next when we're talking about human performance. But shortly after Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile, boom, it started falling like crazy. We have high school runners now breaking the four minute mile and back in the early 50s it was thought to be humanly impossible well so was the two minute mile you know this is a pace um at that pace one hour 59 minutes and 40 seconds it's a four minute 4.35 minute mile they're almost running sub four minute miles for a marathon are you kidding me it's crazy. So I'm glad I saw it. So that takes us right now to the crush question of the day. What is the next great human feat you'd like to see accomplished in sports or in anything? Let's just leave it out there. A sub two hour marathon for me, this is a breakthrough. We're going to dedicate an entire show to this and we're going to get some of the greatest coaches and we're going to talk technology because there's so much that's going to come out of this for sure. Um, but, but what do you think the next great human feat to see is it a 120 mile an hour fastball in baseball is it a uh uh nine nine fifty save percentage maybe in hockey i don't know you could talk about a 400 batting average how great would it be to see a, a 400 batting average in major league baseball i don't know any any thoughts that's a really good question my, my first thought would be I've watched the skills competition for the NHL every single season, and and you look at guys like Chara and Weber, and they they put out a huge slap shot. But the game's kind of changing to where it's more of a speed element, and and the power play is more down low than up at the blue line. Yet I'd still love to see a guy come in and blast a one ten plus, or actually one fifteen. Like if that was even humanly possible. Yes, I want to see. It. I want to see power. I want to see someone. Let's make that happen. Let's challenge our guys, hockey guys, to get that done. I love that one for sure. Or in tennis, like 170 mile an hour serve. Uh, that that's 
possible. I mean, the record right now is, I think, 160-something, 165, or 163, somewhere in there, somewhere in there. But how about a 170 uh, tennis serve, 170-mile-an-hour tennis serve? Yeah, I like that. Hey, let us know. Get to us, 10, 12, 60. What is the next great human feat coming off of the first-ever sub-two-hour marathon distance run? What is the next great human feat uh, you'd like to see get to us? Coming up after the break, we're going to look into what goes into creating an NHL caliber goaltender. We're going to get with John Stevenson of Zone Performance and talk about that right after this. Stick around, everybody. Gentlemen, if you haven't heard of Roan, you're really missing out. Roan is a men's performance lifestyle and premium activewear brand engineered for unparalleled quality and comfort. It's perfect for guys on the go. Whether you're training in the gym, chairing meetings at the office, or hopping on international flights, Roan is your new go-to men's clothing brand. I wear Roan all year round, and with the cool fall weather here, it's all about the layers. The Roan courtside quarter zip top is perfect. It's classy, comfortable, versatile. From the office to the gym to dinner and a movie, you won't miss a beat. And the quarter zips are better than ever. Made with lightweight tricot mesh and the flat box stitching for chafe free wear, the court side quarter zip top has you covered. In fact, guys, check out Roan's complete commuter collection. It's the performance alternative to everyday workwear, offering pants, polos, shorts and shirts that are lightweight, comfortable, and wrinkle free. The commuter collection is good for all weather, anytime, from the workplace to the weekend barbecue. So gentlemen, I'd like to set you up. Go to roan.com slash crush today and use the promo code crush to get 20% off your first purchase. That's roan, R-H-O-N-E dot com slash crush, crush with a K for 20% off your first purchase. Roan.com slash crush, promo code crush. Go check it out, guys. Roan's clothing is made for men. Forever forward. More crush performance coming right up. Find out what it takes to be a top performer. Get the Crush blog, podcast, and newsletter at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. All right, and welcome back to the show, everybody. Hey, get to us. Crushperformance.com is the website. If you want to get into our text question of the day, question, what is the greatest human feat, the next great greatest human feat you would like to see accomplished coming off of the sub two-hour marathon? Here's a great one. A 9.5-second 100-meter run? Can we get that fast? Why not? I mean, wouldn't it be great if it was Degrassi, too? Ah, exactly. Good Canadian kid, right? Why not? And I love it. Uh, 120 mile an hour pitch. You know, we talk about save percentages. We talk about batting averages, tennis serves, slap shot in hockey. What would you guys like to see as the next greatest human feat to be broken down and accomplished? Get to us 10, 12, 60. Well, talking about great human feats, there are positions in sports that require special attributes. You could talk about the quarterbacks in football, starting pitchers in baseball, and certainly in hockey, we talk about goaltenders. It's a very, very unique position and incredibly important to franchise success. Well, I wanted to get with uh, an expert in the field. Our good friend, John Stevenson, registered psychologist with Zone Performance, joins us. Johnny, thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure to be on your show, Crusher. Awesome, man. It's been a while since we've spoken, but uh, I was thinking of you here the other day. Uh, Carter Hart rolled through Edmonton to play the Oilers. Uh, He's, of course, on the ice with the Philadelphia Flyers. And it made me think of you because you spent a lot of time with Carter. And uh, it got me thinking about the importance of goaltenders and the unique attributes that... a goaltender has to have to be successful because it's a very, very different position. And you spent a lot of time in that world, Johnny. Hey, let's just talk about this. You know, um, you actually had a great 
uh, program going this summer. Uh, play out of your mind, goalie mindset seminars and training. Maybe we'll start off talking about what that was all about and why you thought that was a, a important topics for you to address with your players. Well, I uh, hooked up with uh, Pete Fry, and uh, Pete played in the Western Hockey League and played pro hockey, and and even Pete talked about it. You know, when he went to the New Jersey Devils. His mindset was he looked at everybody in the locker room and said, I don't have a chance. And, you know, that's what got him into the mindset. Um, And I ran a hockey school in Edmonton, you know, a goalie school for 30 years, Jeff. And, um, you know, way back when I, I thought it was all about the technical skills, you know, and back then it was two pad stacks and skate saves and, um, you know, poke checks and, um, but as the school evolved, I saw, okay, here's guys that can, you know, are technically good, but then, you know, their, their recovery was slower, their pushes were weak. So then that got me into your world. And that was the, the physical part, you know, what, what do we need to do to train goalies physically? And then I saw these goalies, you know, they were technically good. They were, you know, physically strong, but they still weren't making the saves. And that's what led me into the world of the mental part. Um, and then one of the things that I evolved was um, I had been very fortunate, you know, over the career of being a goalie coach in the Western Hockey League and the National Hockey League to meet some outstanding goalie coaches. And a big influence on me was Mitch Korn. And uh, Mitch, you know, arguably I think is the best goalie coach ever to be in the National Hockey League. And he always has this phrase, beer pong is a game of shots, quarters is a game of shots, but goaltending is not a game of shots. Goaltending is a game of situations, and the best goalies in the world can read the play. And then that got me into the world of cognitive perceptual training in the hockey world. It's known as vision training. And uh, if you're not doing that type of training now, Jeff, I just don't think you'll compete with the guys that are. And, you know, even all of that stuff, Jeff, um, it got me really – I saw guys that were doing all of that, but then we looked at their lifestyle and their nutrition and their hydration and sleep and just other disciplines, you know, from other, you know, because I I work with obviously a whole bunch of athletes in the the military and you just take different things from different areas and I brought more and more of that into the goaltending world and uh, that's what kind of evolved as the, you know, to develop goalies And, and, you know, like Carter and these young guys, Nick Schneider, another local guy here with the Flames, um, they never thought of mental training as anything different because they started when they were, you know, very young. So it wasn't an add-on. It was just another facet of their training, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. John Stevenson, registered psychologist with Zone Performance. I love this whole concept because uh, you're, uh, you are preaching to the choir here at Crush Performance. It is, it's a, it's a holistic approach, John, to, you know, really tapping into true potential. You cannot be one dimensional in the world of sports anymore as a coach, as a franchise, certainly as a player, you have to get the right people around you. Now, here's the challenge for young players and parents of hockey, hockey parents, baseball parents, football parents, and I guess parents of young athletes. Um, you only know what you know. So it's very difficult to really tap into this. And when it comes to the mental side, I'm not going to say it's new, but it's breaking through to mainstream now. And you're one of the leaders here, in my opinion, John. So I'm really glad to talk to you about this because um, 
you got to have the whole package if you're going to compete. And you couldn't have said it better. Uh, if you're not doing this stuff now, you're not going to compete at the highest level. And you can actually start pretty early. And there's some simple things you can do. So let's go back to your time with guys like Carter Hart or Brendan Hopi or Nick Schneider, all these great young goalies who are having success now. Let's reverse back to where you first started with them. And, you know, one of the things all those guys talk about when, they, when they're in interviews, when they're talking about their time with you is, is the juggling routine and the, and the challenges that you put on them that you wouldn't think has anything to do with sport performance, but it's critical, John. Well, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example, Jeff. Um, the The following night, I was working with the Pee Wee Double A team um, in Beaumont, and I just asked all the kids. I said, you know, how did Carter do against the Oilers? And they all kind of had a laugh, and you know, and, and and obviously Carter, you know, had a performance that didn't go the way he wanted it. And we talked about how many guys in their hometown with all of their family and friends being there. Um, and you end up getting pulled. How many guys right now would be really feeling devastated by that? And it was amazing. Every kid in that room put their hand up, Jeff. Yeah. And what I showed them that night was by midnight, that game was done for Carter. And that's a skill, Jeff, just like the reverse VH or shuffling or, you know, leg press, you know, it's a skill. And he's really worked on it. And that started when he was nine years old. And, you know, ironically, you just mentioned that night with the, the uh, Pee Wee Beaumont team, we started doing three, four, five ball juggling to teach them their eye-hand coordination, to teach them peripheral awareness, to teach them how to read the play, do multiple object processing. So a simple little drill like that can help them to read the ice better. And the kids were having a whole bunch of fun. They were really enjoying it. So um, that's how it, it, just a simple thing like the concentration grids. And then when you get into more of the advanced training, then you can start to do neurofeedback and biofeedback and, you know, you can use the cognitive perceptual, like the neuro tracker or, or the visual edge program. So, but it can just start as simple off as, as breathing. I mean, that's, I teach every goalie, um, you know, the breath because you can't feel the breath in the past. You can't feel the breath in the future. You can only feel the breath in the moment. And a simple little exercise like that, Jeff, can teach them how to play one shot at a time, one period at a time, and one game at a time. Oh, I'm thinking golf. I'm thinking baseball. I'm thinking basketball. <laughs> I'm thinking every sport under the sun, Johnny. And it's so true. Absolutely. I really like I really like this whole approach. I like the idea that, you know, that game for Carter Hart was over, done, done disappeared and forgotten by midnight. Learn from it, put that in the memory banks, and then move on to the next day. Such a great, great skill. And you're right, that needs to be uh, heard by all the young athletes out there. Uh, because if you if you don't make mistakes, and certainly if you don't learn from those mistakes, it's very, very difficult to achieve and get better. We're talking with John Stevenson, registered psychologist with Zone Performance. Um, I also like your talk about breathing, Johnny, because everybody can do that sort of thing. And the power of mindfulness This is something you and I talk about all of the time. And I think it's an underlying core concept if you're going to be successful as a human being. But mindfulness is a trainable skill as well. And it's something I think you could start fairly early in your sporting career, regardless of what sport you're in. Uh, absolutely. Um, 
you know, it's a cliche phrase, uh, I can have a thought and a feeling. So, for example, after the game, do you think Carter had thoughts and feelings about that game? (laughs) Well, absolutely. But what he's so good at is he can learn how to not let that thought and feeling have him. A lot of goalies would have been devastated by that, and he can look at the game film afterwards and go, you know, on two of those goals, I was lined up to the body. I wasn't squared to the puck. And he can do that like as a, like a neutral observer. And that's what mindfulness has taught him, is that he can, you know, look at his game, evaluate it critically, but not evaluate, like, um, you know, he he had a tough game, but he's still a great goalie. And, and I think that's the skill of mindfulness, um, you know, where you take that five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it may be, Jeff, just to be in the moment and learn that you can not get caught up with your thoughts and feelings. And, and that's a skill that we, I had a young goalie in the other day, an Adam AA goalie, and we started right there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're Nick Schneider, you know, and you're 22 years old and you're with the Flames, and he's only played a little bit this year, but he started, he, he doesn't let that get to him because he started that skill when he was seven years old. A Houghton Drayton Valley had a goalie camp with me learning how just to do breathing on the floor of it in a dressing room. Yeah, fantastic stuff. So simple. And it's things that uh, carry well beyond sport. And you mentioned it. You have to have everything under control. You have to have your diet under control. Uh, You have to have your training, your schedule under control. But you have to have your life under control as well. You can't be one-dimensional in this day and age either. You have to be uh, a holistic is the word we're kind of throwing out there today. But you have to be well-rounded as a person as well. you got to have your your personal life, your relationships in order. You certainly have to have your finances in order. And that's a big miss for a lot of young athletes who are up and coming. Um, but when you get all these things in order, all this training we do, Johnny, if you can wrap it up and, and put it together, becomes all powerful. And that, that's where I think we can really start tapping into the potential of talent. And, and I'm not just talking about players on the, on the rise, grassroots, you know, elite, you know, high school, college players. I'm talking about also teaching our professional players how to capture that and, and push their careers to new heights. Well, and I won't mention names, Jeff, but the cognitive perceptual training is, you know, fairly new. And there are a lot of goalies that will go, you know, that's just not for me. And it's so interesting for me because if they can get one or two more years out of their contract where they're making anywhere from two to six million dollars and I'm going to spend 15 minutes you know three times a week to train my brain and train my eyes so that I can see the game and process the game at faster and faster speeds I'm still surprised Jeff that there's a lot of goalies that say well thank you but no thank you um and again, this comes back to that mindset of having an open mind. Uh, be willing to you know, embrace that there's new things from a dietary perspective. There's new things from a physical training perspective. And having an open mind to just maybe just even hear it out. Yeah. And I think um, 
more and more of the young goalies are are open to hear different ideas. And and like you said, you know it better than anybody, Jeff, with Major League Baseball and the schedule they have. I think a lot of goalies, um, I see it here in Edmonton, and a lot of parents might get upset about this, but they're, you know, I see more and more of these kids that are playing almost 125, 130 games a year, Jeff, because they're, they're, they're playing spring hockey and, I think they don't understand that, you know, you're not meant to be doing 10,000 butterflies. You're, you're, you're just putting wear and tear and, and the time that you need that to rest and recovery. Ironically, that's one of the best things for your body and for your brain and your mind. And you, you need to take, you need to get away from the game. And I conceptually draw it like a wheel, Jeff. Like, so the hub of the wheel is your lifestyle and then the four quadrants, physical, technical, tactical, mental. Well, if one part of that wheel is bigger than the other, then how well does it roll? And then if the hub comes off, then the car crashes. Run away. You got to run away. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I like to show that picture to the kids because um, they really get it. They they start to understand that, you know, electronics, like look at, I'm not trying to rip on Patrick, you know, Liney, but there's an example where a lot of people don't realize how much Fortnite and YouTubing and gaming, you know, really hurt him. And this is like a really skilled, exciting guy to watch play. Um, but they didn't realize the neurological impacts that gaming and YouTubing, and it's great. I used to have a couple of kids in this week that they're going, you know what? I, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna get rid of that part of that lifestyle because I didn't realize how much it, it hurt me, not only as a goalie, but, but as a person and as a human being too. And so it's really cool to see, have kids having an open mind to that. Yeah. And it's so critical to have an open mind. And I think a lot of the kids get that from their parents as well. So parents out there, coaches, teachers, open mind, teach open mindedness. It's so critical. Johnny, great conversation today. Um, so much to talk about. We're going to have to follow this conversation up here this fall because uh, I want to dive deeper into this. Um, goaltending is such a unique, challenging position and uh, you have to have that holistic approach. Really good stuff, Johnny. Hey, I just wanted to get to you. Our text question of the day, John, is uh, what is the next great human feat you'd like to see accomplished? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, coming off of the first ever sub two hour marathon. Um, would you like to see a, uh, 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 950 save percentage? Is that in your wheelhouse or what, what would, what would be your human feet you'd like to see destroyed? Well, um, you, you know about me with Jeff and Wim Hof. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, uh, he's coming, to, right. You know, to see somebody, um, you know, climb Mount Everest in a pair of shorts, um, you know, but no, I mean, I, I think it's possible for a goalie to, to break that barrier for that yeah. 950 save percentage. I, I think it's absolutely doable. Um, I, I, you, you know me, Jeff, my background too, uh, for golf and to see someone, you know, uh, shoot like, you know, a one under on every hole. I think that's possible. I really, really think somebody on the PGA tour is going to do that kind of round. And that would be for me as a golfer and as a goalie and then just in life, like some of these extreme uh, sports guys, uh, that really excites me to see stuff like that. Love it. Love it. And so doable. Let's follow this up later this fall, Johnny, if you're around. Absolutely. Hey, if people want to get more, uh, hey, Johnny, if people want to get more information on you or reach out to you, how can they do it? 
Uh, so our website is zoneperformance.ca, and they can reach us by phone 780-803-5646 or email at zoneperformance at shaw.ca. Awesome, Johnny. Hey, thanks for the conversation. Fantastic stuff. Thanks again, Jeff. You got it. All right, John Stevenson, Zone Performance, everybody. Great conversation. We could talk all day, but we got to cut out. When we do come back, we're going to talk about injury prevention. We're going to talk about long-term development and things that we need to start doing for our young athletes as we talk with Mike Frosted right after this on Crush Performance. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 10-12-60 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. All right, everybody, welcome back to Crush Performance. Jeff Grishel here, Brendan Clack running the show here. And if you want to get in touch with us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. At Jeff Crush is my Twitter handle. And on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and all those social media platforms, search out Crush Performance. Hey, we're going to get right into it. Uh, we're joined now by our good friend, Mike Frosted, assistant athletic trainer for the Atlanta Braves. Frosty, thanks for coming on the show. It's your first time, I believe, man. Welcome. It is, Jeff. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, I've been looking forward to this for a number of reasons. We're coming off a, an incredible baseball season. The playoffs have been absolutely crazy. You guys had a really, really fun season to watch. Uh, um, the playoffs, of course, didn't quite go the way you wanted, but, but baseball is in a really, really interesting sp- uh, spot, Mike. And when we look at the velocities and the home runs, um, how much do you think of that is analytics? And then there's also the, the way we're training the athletes, and then a lot of it's strategy as well but the game has changed like no other right before our eyes it definitely has i've been in professional baseball now i just finished up 24 years and i've seen a huge change in how pitchers perform uh it used to be if a guy threw 93 it was like blowing your doors off and you couldn't believe this guy was 93 miles an hour and you know you had some guys coming in i remember billy Koch coming in his slider was 92 and that was kind of the start of when things started to change and and, you know, now geez, you hardly not even get a look if you don't even throw 95. Um, so definitely there's something to be said about the way guys are training, the way they're, they're focusing on their performance all around, not just on the field, but everything they're doing away from the field to keep their bodies in tune. Uh, and you mentioned analytics. I mean, there's, there's more data out there now than we know what to do with, I think. <laughs> and there's whole whole departments that are put together with these clubs that are uh, specifically designed to look at analytics and they've broken down scouting reports now to the finest detail so these players are more prepared now than they've ever been when they go in and play a game. Yeah, it's incredible. We're talking with Mike Frost, that assistant athletic trainer for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Frosty, our question of the day today is um, coming off of the incredible sub two hour marathon, 26.2 miles in under two hours. Uh, what is the next great human feat you'd like to see broken down? Do you think, you know, we look at the 100 mile an hour um, uh, pitches and the number of pitchers who are throwing 100 miles an hour. Now we're seeing 105 and 106, 107. Do you think we'll ever see like 110? 115, 120 miles an hour. I mean, are we uh, at the uh, limit yet, do you think? Is that something you'd like to see <laughs> as an athletic trainer? Like that. If they're going to do that, they better move the mound back because yeah. these guys don't have enough time to react as it is. And, Good point. And I think that's what's going to change at this point now is even they've talked about it, where they're going to change the height of the mound again. There's talk about moving the mound back and changing the distance of the bases and things like that. But 
you know, I I think you're we're pretty much maxed out where we are. You know, you, there are a couple of guys that touch 104, 105, uh, and unfortunately, those are a lot of the guys that get, end up getting hurt too. Yeah. Yep, good point, Frosty. And that takes us to maybe the main part of our conversation today is injury rates are at all times high at every single level of the game. Despite everything we know about training, despite everything we're doing to keep our guys healthy, injury rates are high. And, you know, at the grassroots level, um, we're seeing some scary, scary statistics. And when it comes to pro sports and the pro baseball, um, basically, you know, the organizations are inheriting, you know, really damage players because we're just not doing a good job at the grassroots level. Do you think that's fair? I do. I think that is a fair assessment. Um, you know, there's there's kids now, when you talk to some of these top surgeons in the world, Dr. Andrews, Dr. Altchek, Dr. Elitrosh, some of these big names that not just baseball players, but all professional athletes go and see, they're starting to see a change, a shift in the age groups that they're starting to treat and it's becoming more the younger group your high school kids even your junior high kids parents coming in and saying they want to get their kid Tommy John because he'll throw harder it's a lot of misinformation out there but there's definitely uh, a shift in the age group of the more serious injuries. Yep, you're right. And you, we do have to be careful of the misinformation. So, you know, just because we see numbers or or see a report on something doesn't mean that it's true. We have to dig a little deeper. But I think, I think in general, everybody understands what's going on. And, you know, when we talk about sport across the board, this whole new era of early specialization is is really been damaging, I believe. There's opportunities hidden in there as well. we got to talk about that. But for a game like baseball, where throwing a baseball is such such a challenging movement to begin with, unchecked and unmanaged. Uh, it, it also, I do believe, throwing a baseball, especially as a pitcher, becomes one of the most dangerous movements in all of sport. We have to prepare properly, and we have to manage our athletes properly right from the grassroots right up. Do you agree with that, Frosty? Yeah, for sure. You know, the throwing a baseball, I think, has been termed the most complex movement that there is in sport because of the dynamics of the shoulder and the elbow that are involved in it. And specialization where you're only allowing your your son or daughter to pitch uh it's it's actually very detrimental to them and even just playing one sport is very detrimental to them they need to branch out uh, they become a more all-around athlete if they're able to participate in other sports rather than just focusing on one and not just specific to baseball that goes with hockey and soccer and basketball football all of it they're all they're all going to benefit if they can become a multi-sport athlete. Yeah, I agree. And that's a very, very important conversation at every level of the game right now. And we talk about progressive development and holistic approaches. All these things need to be addressed. And of course, you know, we, Frosty, we always say that we, we look to the pros to watch what you guys are doing up there because there's a lot to learn, so many resources, and there's a trickle-down effect as well. So as you guys are pushing the envelope at the professional levels, we hope that it trickles down. But unfortunately, this the one thing that's happened, especially in baseball, like no other sport, the push for velocity is such a dangerous dangerous game to play because now we're seeing you know junior high and high school kids you know really pushing that that velocity envelope at early ages where maybe they're not even physically um, developed yet and I think that's a dangerous game to play especially for um, the game of baseball it is and that's part of the reason why Little League has instituted some of their rules with pitch counts and you know the general recommendation is that you don't throw uh, a breaking ball uh, while you're still developing, you know, you wait until you're probably at least in high school 
to do that, and even that might be a little bit early. But, you know, a fastball and a changeup are okay things to have, but then once you start adding in these other pitches that are putting different stresses on your body, you're definitely going to run into some problems. And the earlier that you start doing that, the earlier the problems begin. Love it. And we're talking with Mike Frostad, the assistant athletic trainer for the Atlanta Braves. We're talking about uh, player injuries, longevity, injury prevention, and also the issues of specialization, especially at the developmental levels. Um, as we look at the uh, the draft, the draft level players, what a dream for a young baseball player. I don't think there's a young player out there that doesn't dream of maybe playing for his team on television one day, Frosty, and, and rightfully so. Um, unfortunately, I think because of the way our developmental model has come, and I'm talking grassroots levels uh, too many athletes right now are never going to achieve their potential because of injury injury prevention has to be our number one priority and I do believe personally that that starts with our real true understanding of rest and recovery and that's a balance of what you talked about in terms of volume but also intensity as well yeah definitely you know I think in baseball with the draft I, I think the number is right around 10% out of each draft will maybe make it to the major leagues and you have to think there's over 1,200 players chosen in each draft class, you know, 40 teams. There are 40 rounds with 30 teams, and then there's some supplemental picks in there too, so it's even more than that. But, you're, you know, out of each draft class, for 100 people to make it out of that, that's a lot. I might be overshooting the estimate. So um, it's, it's really difficult. Uh, it does take a lot of hard work, but... Like we were just talking about, that hard work needs to come in the form of rest and recovery as well, and that's what a lot of teams are focusing on more so than anything is that rest and recovery in between games, in between practices, making sure that their players, when they go out for the game, are at their peak performance. Yeah, it's very interesting stuff, and there's really no game like baseball because you have your offense, and you have you know the the hitting, and you have the defense, and you have the pitching, and there's just such a dynamic game. And we like those young players to experience all of those positions as well. Uh, Frosty, if you were the king of baseball, what would you say would be your number one priority in the developmental ranks? If you could make one really important change, is there something that stands out for you, knowing what? you know working with the the top players in in baseball uh i think going down to the grassroots um i would like to see every player get a chance to be at every position there's you know you may have some kids that aren't as good at pitching and they're better at hitting but you know when it comes right down to it if a pitcher throws one inning in the game and the next kid comes in in the next inning and throws his inning it, it gives everybody a chance to develop in each different position and it's going to take some of the stresses off of that. Uh, the, the arm, you know, the pitcher and the catcher are involved in every single play. And they're the ones that you end up seeing that are broken down the most. They're the ones that end up with shoulder surgery or Tommy John surgery, things like that. So I think for me it would be to try and get every child that's out there playing in the grassroots level to be able to experience every different position. Yeah, great stuff. And then playing multiple sports as well would probably be a close second. Frosty, you guys have yeah. a very, very important event coming up here on November 8th and 9th, the Coaching, Teaching, and Leadership Conference uh, in Calgary. Hey, let's talk to our listeners about that because I do believe that anybody who can get there to Calgary November 8th, 9th, and 10th uh, should be attending. If you're involved in baseball, this is going to be a really, really important event. Yeah, the big thing, too, though, is that this isn't specific to baseball. It is hosted by Little League Alberta, but they're just a 
the presenter for the conference. Uh, we're looking at trying to get people from all different sports groups, whether it's soccer or basketball, football, baseball, even gymnastics, cheerleading. All sports groups are welcome. I think there's a broad range of topics that are going to be covered that aren't specific to us sport, but are more tuned towards youth sports in general. Yeah, and I agree. If you look at the lineup of speakers and uh, the topics they'll be ta- presenting about, it really does apply to every single sport. This is going to be a true great developmental weekend for anybody who's involved in sport. Um, if people want to check it out, uh, you can go to uh, littleleaguealberta.ca. It's right on their main page, and you can check out the, the information on the conference. But uh, what was the inspiration behind this event, Frosty? I know you were a big uh, part of this one. Yeah, so... <clears throat> My wife is a district administrator for Little League in Medicine Hat, and uh, we kind of got involved uh, in the medical side of things a couple of years ago at the Little League Congress down in New Orleans. And uh, she had a chance to sit with uh, Tommy John's wife, or his ex-wife. Uh, and, of course, Tommy John is the namesake for the elbow surgery that you hear all about. And they got to speaking, and, and there really wasn't a great... Uh, amount of buy-in from some of the old district administrators on the whole pitch count idea in Little League. And the idea behind that was Dr. James Andrews uh, had done a tremendous amount of work on this and came up with his pitch counts for Little League. And the old district administrators were there of the mindset that these kids have rubber arms. They can go out and they can pitch in a game today go home, play catch with the brother in the backyard, and come out again and pitch again tomorrow. And it's really hard to get through to some of these older district administrators that are set in their ways. And so we felt that one of the ways we could try and do this is to reach out to people starting at a smaller level, you know, working with Little League Alberta. Hopefully we'll get this to a national level within Canada. And maybe within a few years, if this thing takes off, like we hope it does, that we're presenting something like this at the Little League World Congress where you get district administrators from all over the United States, all over Canada, and all over the world. Uh, we had people from England. Uh, there was Australia was represented, New Zealand. Like there was, The entire world was at the Little League Congress in New Orleans. And I think if we can start branching out and reaching some more of these people that hopefully the message gets across on not just the pitch counts, but... What can we do in order to help uh, prevent some of these injuries that these we're seeing long term in these in these young athletes? Yeah, it all comes down to uh, sharing knowledge. Of course, that's what the radio show is all about. I'm really looking forward to the conference. It's the Coaching Teaching Leadership Conference, November eighth to tenth in Calgary, Alberta. You can go to Little League Alberta, Little League AB CA to check that out. Uh, great topics, and this is for every single sport. If you're involved in sport at any level, look at this. Uh, uh, lineup. We're talking concussion assessments. We're talking long-term athlete development, developing winner through life sports, youth injuries, uh, baselining. We're talking about uh, analytics and injury prevention with 3D motion capture. Just great, great topics, Frosty. Hey, thanks for putting this together. And more importantly, thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, your first appearance on Crush Performance, many to come. 
Yeah, I hope so. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Frosty. You got it, Frosty. All right. Hey, everybody, listen. Uh, it's Mike Frosted, assistant athletic trainer from the Atlanta Braves. Got to thank him. Go on and check out that leadership conference. Uh, we are over our time here. Uh, so much to talk about. We could talk for another hour, no question. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We got some great shows coming up this fall, and it's all revolving around helping you tap into your potential. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Now get out there and get better. Remember, we're here to help you think like an athlete. Goodbye now. Don't forget to write. Initiate procedure. Now, stand by for the MJ Morning Show. The MJ Morning Show is back. Hi, it's MJ. Join me along with Froggy and Fester. We're going to bring you up to speed on what's been happening since our last show. We'll even reveal never-before-heard stories from the past, including some infamous controversies. This is the great MJ Morning Show that you remember. With regular new episodes, we'll even have some of the crazy cast of characters on, like Dave the Dwarf and more. The all-new MJ Morning Morning Show podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, on the iHeartRadio app, and RadioInfluence.com.